Good morning, Lift Church. It is so good to see you. My name is Adam. I'm so blessed to serve as the youth director here at Lift. And I just want to say, it is so good to see you on this Sunday morning. It, it, it just is incredible to watch these, the people watching and the comments and the discussions happening on Sunday mornings. It, even though we can't be together, it is so, so good that we can still connect online. And if this is your first time with Lift Church, we're so thankful that you're joining us. In fact, we're so thankful that we want to make sure that we connect with you in the best way possible. So if this is your first time or your millionth time, go ahead and log on to liftchurch.info. Again, liftchurch.info. And on there, you'll find our online connect register. Go ahead, put your name down, fill it out with as much information as you're comfortable with. But at the bottom, make sure you fill out a prayer request. We want to be praying with you, for you during the week. And each prayer request that is put down on one of those online connect registers is fervently prayed over during the week. Also at liftchurch.info is a chance to give online as we continue to do our best to make Jesus known in our community, in our state, and around the world. We want to join you in giving a small part back of what God has given to us. We are told time and time again that God can do way better with what we give him than what we could do ourselves. And so we hope that you join us in giving uh, freely. God loves a cheerful giver uh, in this time. Also, and I just want to make sure this is very clear, we are coming up on summer. There's some exciting things coming down the pipeline. We are so excited to gather with you as soon as that is possible. But we just want to make sure that you are looking ahead towards a fun, faithful, and most importantly, connected summer with Lift Church. We can't wait to see you in person. And we know that these messages on Sunday mornings are so important for us staying connected. We're going to jump into a message and also a time of worship, but I just want to pray for us real quick. Whatever you're going through this morning, I just pray that these words can echo around in your soul, sit on your heart, and know that you are so, so loved in this season, no matter where you are at. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can continue to connect with one another even when we can't be face-to-face. -face. And Lord, just as we are not yet face-to-face -face with you, we know that you stay connected with us through your Holy Spirit, moving in us, changing us, challenging us, but most importantly, Lord, moving us closer and closer to you. And we just pray that this morning, our worship and our time in your word can be a moment where we are brought closer to you. No matter what has happened during the week, no matter what we have to come, Lord, here now we come to worship and praise and glorify your name. And it's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Lift Church, it is so good to see you. Go ahead and bring out that worship, bring out that praise to the best of your ability. Because you know what? You are so loved that we're going to do it with you.
of weeks ago, the phone call had been made. The mulch was going to come to the Smith household. Yes, that shaven wood, processed, cut up, a whole dump truck poured onto the driveway in which I was going to need then to deliver from that pile into the flower beds. Now, the whole day is a disaster, honestly. We do this every other year as a family because it truly is like a, just a ton of hard work. But this is what needs to happen. You got to cut out every flower bed. That alone, back is killing already. Then after that, you take this huge pile of stuff and, and you put it in a wheelbarrow and then you deliver it, yes, to the front flower garden to the side flower garden, and yes again to the next side flower garden, which then goes to the back. You get the picture? 
It's, it's a tough day. But let me tell you something. One of the best parts of the day, and you guys know, that's like one of the best parts of like a full day of hard work in the sun is that moment when it's all done and you get that big cold glass of water and you just start drinking. It's so refreshing. It, for, from like the lips into the mouth to like the to like your body, you just feel like this refreshment. And we know what that's like. I mean, some of you are athletes. We know what it's like to play a hard game. And at the end of the game, all of a sudden, like you're drinking the Gatorade and the electrolytes are filling in your body and you're just loving life. There's this refreshment or you're hiking up a mountain at the heat of the day and you find a little break of shade underneath a tree and you sit and right? There's that refreshment. So what does that look like in our life? In our life to have this, in these moments of, of refreshment. What does that look like in, in your relationship with God to be refreshed? Because let me tell you something. When we follow Jesus, Jesus refreshes our soul. He refreshes our life. I mean, think about those moments, right? Those moments of heartache, those moments of loneliness. And then a friend walks into the room and gives us a hug. Think about those, those moments of, of despair. When, when, when all we're looking for is like one little piece of hope and, and God like provides that space of hope. There's this refreshment for our soul. Think about those moments where we've messed up and we've, we've screwed up and we're longing for this refreshment of forgiveness. And as we, as we repent and as we confess, we just experience God's refreshing our soul of forgiveness. In our relationship with Jesus, as we walk with Jesus, He desires for you to be refreshed. He wants that for you. He wants that in your relationship with him. So those moments of despair to remember God gives us hope. In the moments of confusion and not knowing what is next, God gives us direction. In the moments of fear, God promises, I'm with you. In the midst of the journey of life, we have to remember, we have to realize that God desires to refresh our soul. As you follow Jesus, be refreshed. Hey, open up your Bibles to John chapter 21. This is where we're headed to uh, this morning. Or if you're listening online or watching online, we're so thankful that you're being part of this. And I don't know when you're watching this. We're just thankful that you're tuning in. And we are going through the book of John. We've been doing this since March of 2019, and we're at the final chapter. We're finally at John chapter 21. And the sermon series that we're going to be in for the next three weeks is called this, You Follow Me. See, see Jesus, Jesus gets personal with us. Jesus gets personal. And he's saying to all of us, you follow me. And, and so the next three weeks, here's where, here's where we're headed. First, this morning, we're going to talk about you follow me, be refreshed. Next week, we're going to talk about you follow me, be restored. And then the final week, it's going to culminate in you follow me, 
be personal because Jesus wants to get personal with you. So once again, John chapter 21, starting at verse 1, as you follow Jesus, be refreshed. Let's read this uh, together. John 21, hopefully grab right your Bible off your shelf or maybe you're sitting on the couch this morning, like grab it off the shelf, grab it off the counter. Let's read this. So after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught Nothing. So, so think about this moment for the disciples. It was, it was a moment of confusion. It was a moment of, of lostness. They, they just don't know what's next. I, I mean, think about it. You're like on top of the world. You're, you're following Jesus. You're like, Jesus is the Messiah. This is, this is like, he's the one who's to come to, to reign and to bring the nation of Israel together. And then all of a sudden he's crucified. He's hung on that cross. He's nailed to the cross. This moment of complete despair. But then sure enough, the resurrection. And they've already seen Jesus, right, two other times. The, the disciples were, were in this room and, and Jesus entered in and revealed himself. But Thomas wasn't there. And then Jesus came back a second time when Thomas was there. And Thomas was able to see the, the nail marks in his hands and, his, and in his side. But but now they don't know where to go. They, they don't know what to do. They, they don't know what's next. And there's this, this moment of, of confusion, this, this moment of lostness for the disciples. I mean, what do they do now? And, and in, the mo- in this moment of confusion, Peter goes back to what he knows. Peter goes back to his norm. He's like, hey, let's go fishing. Like, like, let's go back to what we were normally doing. We don't know what to do. And so you can just imagine, right, this, this moment, just, just put yourself there as Peter gets in the boat and Thomas gets in the boat and the sons of Zebedee and some other disciples and Nathaniel, they, they get into this boat and they go fishing. And, and look at the text, right? Look at verse three. They go fishing all night and they catch nothing. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but there is nothing like more miserable or very few things, I should say, that are more miserable than fishing all night long and catching nothing. A couple months ago, my brother and I took our two sons and I went up to the boundary waters and of, of northern Minnesota. Man, it was so beautiful. Like, we loved this trip. We were so anxious. We were so excited for this trip because you know what? We were gonna catch so much, so many fish, and we were not only gonna catch so many fish, we were gonna catch huge fish. Like that was the anticipation from two guys who grew up in Chicago. We were longing for all those fish. And so sure enough, first night, guess what happens? Yes, it's true. We catch something, but I dumped the canoe and therefore we lost everything. And, and then the next morning, man, my brother and I, we wake up early in the morning, get that canoe on the water. We fish for hours. Guess how many fish we caught? It's true, one little fish. That afternoon, guess how many? None. That evening, guess how many? My son caught some, 
I caught none. I'm telling you, I was ready to like throw in the towel, put the paddles back in the boat, let's get out of here. You just get so frustrated. Well, that night, the disciples, they're fishing and they catch nothing. Let's get back into our text. Let's see what happens in John chapter 21, starting at verse 4. So just as day was breaking, so the sun is is about to rise. Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And and he he said to them, well, cast the net on on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it, and and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And that disciple, whom Jesus loved, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. I mean, can you imagine that moment? I mean, Jesus comes on the scene, but they don't know it. I mean, I mean, just imagine the disciples. They're professional fishermen. They know what in the world they're doing. They've been casting their nets all night long, catching nothing. And then this guy on a beach is like, hey, cast it to the right side. And you know what? They don't really question it. They just do it. I don't know whether they're so exhausted, whether they're just frustrated or whatever it is. They're just like, all right, whatever. So they cast the net to the right side. And all of a sudden, They catch all these fish, so many fish, that they could not haul the net in. And then John, the one whom Jesus loved, the son of Zebedee, says to Peter, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Here in this moment of lostness, this this moment of confusion, this moment of the disciples asking of of what is next, Jesus, Jesus takes them back. Jesus reminds them of the very beginning. Jesus reminds them of of their first call. And and we know this because in Luke chapter 5, we know that Jesus calls Peter out. Jesus calls John out when they're on the water and they're catching fish and they drop their nets to follow Jesus. And for John, it clicks. And he says, listen, That's Jesus on the beach. And there's this refreshment of their soul. There's this moment where the disciples, where Peter realizes that Jesus wants to meet them where they are and refresh their life. And Jesus wants that for you and for me. Jesus wants to refresh our soul. In in the midst of the coronavirus and all the things that we're going through, we we live with this anxiety. We live with this worry. We live with this fear of what in the world is going to come next. Some of you are on furlough and we're going, what's going to happen next? And can I just encourage you this morning? There's three ways that God refreshes our soul. And the first way we see right here in the text, go back the beginning. Go back to your beginning. Go back to that that call. When when God called you to himself for the first time, go back to that moment where you put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
Go back to that moment where you were baptized. Go, go back to, to the moment maybe where you were at camp and, and, and God just showed up and rocked your world and, and refreshed you. Like, go, go back to that, that moment in your life, those highlights. I know for me, when I was in college, there was this moment of refreshness with the Lord. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was, there were, there were, I was at this camp. It was called Honey Rock Camp. It was up in Eagle River, Wisconsin. And there, there were two major moments during that summer. There was this moment of complete brokenness where I walked into this little chapel on, on the camp and honestly just like confessed and repented just of all my sin, just like laid it all on the, all on the Lord. And I just remember God just refreshing my soul of forgiveness. But, but he continued that summer, and, and I'll never forget it. The, the camp director asked me to preach for the first time. I told him that I don't do that. I, I don't speak in front of people. I, I don't enjoy doing it. I, I, don't, I just don't do it. And the camp director said, listen, I just feel like you need to do this. And, and, and that was the moment that changed the whole direction of my life. I was a business major in college. It was being between my junior and senior year, and I had done all the business stuff. And all of a sudden, I found myself in this, this point of decision, this, this moment of calling where, where God was clearly calling me into the ministry, calling me to preach. And man, I tell you what, those moments that I want to give up in my life, those moments that I'm going, man, is ministry like what God's calling me to do, those moments that I want to quit, I go back to the beginning. God desires to refresh you. God desires to refresh your soul. And the way that God does that, he brings us back to the beginning. He brings us back to those moments, those moments of baptism, those those moments of change, those moments of repentance. And, And he brings us back to those moments, not for us to like live in guilt or shame or, or to be disappointed, have us like breathe this fresh life again. I want to encourage you this morning. Remind yourself, reflect, go back to those beginnings. Go back to those highlights. Go back to those moments. Because God desires to refresh your soul. And maybe you're listening online or watching online for the first time. And, And you're at this place of brokenness. You're at this place of despair. Let me tell you something. God wants to refresh you This is your moment. This is your beginning. Talk to him. Seek him out. See what he does. Let's keep going. Let's get back in the the, the text. So once again, Jesus on the beach says, hey, cast your nets to the other side. They cast their net. So many fish are caught. Uh, John, the, 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 the disciple whom Jesus loves, says to Peter, it is the Lord. Verse seven, let's continue. It says this. So when, Pi- when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. I mean, just think about the moment. 100 yards off, Peter hears, this is Jesus. He doesn't wait. He just jumps in. He just jumps in to go and see Jesus. He doesn't think twice. He puts on that cloak and goes after him. He's a football field far off. It doesn't matter. That water most likely is cold. It doesn't matter. He just jumps in. 
He has this urgency to be with Jesus. And we're going to get more to this next week. But you, you have to remember where Jesus was at at this point. I mean, you have to remember that most likely, it seems from what we can see from, from the text, especially as we enter into next week, that, that Peter hadn't had a, a personal moment yet with Jesus. And remember the last time that, that Jesus and, and Peter had an interaction, Peter had denied Jesus three times. That's what is running through the mind of Peter. And Peter's going, I don't care. I just want to be next to Jesus. And it reminds me that even in the midst of our sin or even in the midst of our lostness, even in the midst of the things and the struggles that we have, jump in. Go after Jesus. There's three ways that God refreshes our soul. Go back to the beginning and go after him today. Go after him. Jump in. Make the decision. And some of you may be thinking, well, I got to get right first. You know what I mean? Like, I got to get cleaned up first. Like, I got to get my son's sin. Like, I got to get this stuff out. Like, no, jump in. Let Jesus do that stuff. Let Jesus refresh your soul. Make a decision to follow him. Because he wants to refresh you. Don't wait. Get in the lake. Go for it. Three ways that God refreshes our soul. One, go back to the beginning. Two, go after him today. And finally, rest in his provision. Rest in his provision. Look at verse 9. It says this. So when they got out on land, they, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and and so with the fish, this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Just think about the kindness of Jesus in this moment. I mean, they had been fishing all night. They hadn't caught anything until Jesus showed up. I'm sure they were exhausted. They had been up all night. They were hungry. They were most likely cranky. Right? They, they were in this place of what's next? What in the world are we going to go? So, so just, just remember this, right? They're not only physically hungry, that they're not only physically needing refreshment, but honestly, like they're emotionally spent. They're, they're, they're spiritually spent. They're, they're needing something from Jesus. And here's the moment. Here's the moment. Because don't forget what the disciples had just experienced. Don't, don't forget that, that not only had Jesus been crucified, but all the disciples 
on the night that Jesus, right, on the night that Jesus was arrested, right before his crucifixion, the last moment with Jesus, when he was, like, that last moment, they deserted him. They left Jesus. Most of them didn't even, weren't even there. They were too scared to even watch him die on a cross. Like, they were distant. And yeah, now after the resurrection, Jesus had met with them twice, but they're still at this place of, of brokenness. They're still at this place of, like, what's next? They're still at this place of, like, is, is Jesus going to do anything with us now? I don't know, maybe you're there this morning. Maybe, like, maybe for you in your life, there was this, this moment of incredible life with him and relationship, and, and now there's this place of brokenness, this place of despair. Maybe, we, like, in your family, maybe, in, maybe you're, like, you're single and, and coronavirus, right, this COVID-19, it's, it's impacted us in so many ways, right? Not only do we live in this, this place of, like, what's next, and I hope I don't get sick, and and wearing masks in grocery stores or, or any public place. And not only is this like this fear of sickness, but there's this, this fear of financial loss. And, and, and that only impacts us, right? Not only emotionally, but even like spiritually. And, and I think most of us, honestly, we're in this place of like, ugh. <laughs> we're, we're in this place of like, God, will you do something? We're in this place that we need this cold, fresh glass of water. We're in this place where we need to be spiritually refreshed, emotionally refreshed. And and we need to rest in God's provision. I mean, mean, look at the intimacy in, in this text. Look at the intimacy of the relationship that Jesus has with his disciples. Not only, right, the disciples get out of the beach, but the charcoal fire has already been lit. I love that. And not only has the charcoal fire already been lit, right? Jesus is already preparing the meal. There's already some bread and some fish already laid out. And then Jesus says, hey, some of that fish that you just caught, hey, man, let's have more of it. And rather than like Jesus standing at this place of condemnation, right? Rather than Jesus even standing at this place of like, here's what you need to do next, Right? Like rather than Jesus like being in this place of like, hey, I got this command. I want you to go out. I want you to go share the good news of Jesus with everybody. He says, no, 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 no. He says, listen, come in, man. Let's have some breakfast together. After that really long, difficult night of fishing, you got to be exhausted. Come. Let's eat. Let's have some breakfast. And I'm just telling you people, man, this is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus longs for you and for me. These moments of refreshment, these moments of, hey, you know what? Can you just stop working for a period of time? Can you just rest and be with me? Can you just trust in my provision? Can you just stop for a period of time and rest? The burden is to be light. Jesus says. But it's like we carry backpacks with us. 
But as a follower of Jesus, we get to be refreshed. And this morning, if you're longing for refreshment, Jesus desires to give it. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the highlights. Go back to those moments that Jesus transformed your life. Go back to those moments of grace and forgiveness. Go back to those things. And not only go back to those moments, but jump in with them today. (laughs) Jump in. Pursue them today. Rest. Rest in His provision. God's got you. Take a deep breath. Go have some breakfast. Soak it in. Soak in that fellowship because Jesus has set the table for you. And he's, well, he's waiting for you to show up. As you follow Jesus, be refreshed. There's three ways that God refreshes our soul. Go back to the beginning. Go after him today and rest in his provision. And let me end with this. There's this powerful story in 1 Kings chapter 19 of Elijah. And Elijah had just experienced one of the greatest miraculous moments in the history of Israel. Definitely in the history of the life of Elijah. It's a moment where where God just fully showed up. And yet a day later, he, he comes to this place where he's completely broken Actually, in 1 Kings chapter 19, he actually asks God if he could die. In 1 Kings 19, 4, he says, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. This place of brokenness and despair, and maybe that's you this morning. You're in this place of brokenness and despair and hopelessness. And you know what God does for Elijah in this moment? Elijah rests. He falls asleep. And when Elijah wakes up, right at his head is breakfast. (laughs) Right at his head on these steamed rocks is some bread to eat and some water to drink. In that moment, God refreshes Elijah. And I'm telling you this morning, be refreshed. If you're in a place of brokenness, a place of despair, a place of hopelessness, be refreshed. If you're in a place where, you know what, honestly, life's normal. Soak it in and be refreshed. That's what Jesus longs for, for you. Let me end with Psalm 107, verses 8 to 9. This is what God is saying to you and to me this morning. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. That's what he desires for you this morning. That's what he desires for this, me this morning. Let's go. Let's be refreshed in a relationship with God. Let him refresh your soul this morning.